Hello, and welcome back to the Self Healers Soundboard. This episode, we're going to talk about beginnings, beginning a healing journey. How do we get started? As we talk about beginnings, we've just started a brand new beginning with many members all around the world in our online virtual membership, the Self Healers Circle. So this episode today very much echoes what everyone experiences when first joining the circle or first beginning a healing journey. Where do we start? Where do I begin? What practices? What tools? How do I do this work we're always talking about? So that's what we're going to dive into here today. Regardless of where you are in the healing journey, beginnings really look the same. Um, you and I talk about very often a foundational practice, and that is of consciousness. And I'm sharing this because I know a lot of you listening, a lot of you viewing, um, are at different parts of your healing journey. Many of you have been reading self-help books, have been on their own exploration with therapists, trying to make change. And of course, others are new, um, might just be discovering the possibility of creating change. And I'm sharing this because I know sometimes we have an idea or we know maybe what it is that is keeping us stuck, right? We know that point in our childhood or the place where things became difficult, or we might even know the habit and pattern that isn't serving us any longer. However, to create change, to begin to make new choices, we first have to practice being conscious to how we're living in the world now. And that's so foundational because the reality, and I know I've seen this in my own life, I know I've seen this with clients when I used to work individually, and I know Jenna and I see this month after month in the circle, the large majority of us, the large majority of you listening and watching are living in our autopilot. We're actually allowing habits and patterns that we created and formed years ago, most times in our childhood, to be the place from which we're living life. We're very habited creatures and we're not actually making those choices at all. And for those of you who are listening or watching, as Nicole just said, you know, you know that thing in childhood or you know that pattern or you know where you're stuck. If you are someone who doesn't know, that's also entirely okay. That's just as normal and common as also knowing. We may have an idea of something from our past or some pattern that we're stuck in a cycle of or maybe understanding a trauma from childhood and how that might show up in our present day. And for a lot of us, we don't know. For a lot of us, we can't pinpoint it yet back to, you know, what happened at age seven and how that turned into a pattern and how that shows up. Part of connecting those dots happens as you become more conscious. When you begin a practice of consciousness, when you start to become your own witness, then as time goes on, as you continue doing the work, a lot of those dots will begin to connect with you. So if you did hear that or you're new to doing the work and you don't necessarily know where all of these things come from or even any of the patterns or conditionings that you have, that's what becoming conscious is. That's what becoming a witness is, is doing the work to be able to see those things for the first time. Absolutely, Jenna. So to put what you just said very simply and to give us a jump off point for this episode, a healing journey begins when we become conscious, when we become able to be an observer or a viewer of ourself in the world. Because I am like many of you listening out there, I didn't have that moment in my past where I know I shifted in a direction. I didn't have that. So for me, it was starting where I was in that moment in time. And what I realized when I began to check in with myself, consciously that is, I realized I was so unconscious. I was that person 
not upwards of 90% of the time, probably 99.9% of my life, I wasn't present. I wasn't conscious. I was in that autopilot. So first learning what consciousness is. What is consciousness? And again, this is a loaded topic. I mean, books are written on what consciousness is. And a lot of those books are really hard to even understand or digest. So really simply, consciousness is awareness. It's being open. It's being receptive to everything that is present in the current moment. It's allowing us to be a receiver of information in a present way, not in a reactive way, not in a detached way, in a way that's open and receptive to what's happening now. While consciousness is a really vast topic, it really can be boiled down to a few simple practices to begin building your own foundation of consciousness. So one that we really love and use all of the time in our self-healer circle membership is simply setting an alarm a few times randomly throughout the day on your phone. Most people have their phones on them all the time, right? So grab your phone or an alarm clock around you, or even if you have a watch or a stopwatch, set a few random times between morning and evening, maybe once in the morning, once midday, once in the evening, say 4.55 p.m. When that alarm goes off, ideally at a time you weren't necessarily expecting, it goes off and that's a moment for you to pause, to witness your surroundings, to really become your own witness, and just to be conscious to that space. Now, another great tool to practice while doing this consciousness check-in is using your senses. So any senses that you have available to you. Again, we also do this in the circle. Our first foundational course in our membership is called Awaken Consciousness. We intentionally send all of our members there first when they first do join the membership so you can really start to build a foundation of consciousness as all of these episodes, all of the work that we're doing, all of the conversations that we're talking about in this podcast and all of our work at large has to be built on a foundation of consciousness. You first have to be your own witness. So how do you do that? Try setting an alarm a couple times a day in your phone, as we mentioned. When that alarm goes off and you're present to yourself and your surroundings, whatever senses you have access to, your sight, your smell, your taste, your touch, check in with each of those things. For example, I'm sitting here right now in front of really bright lights. I see these really bright lights. I feel the chair swiveling underneath me. It's kind of hot in this podcast studio, so I feel the temperature around me. I can hear myself talking into the microphone. That's me quite literally, very simply in this moment, using the senses that I'm able to, to just check in in the present moment, not to make any meaning of it, not to assign any attachment or any feeling, quite literally just to witness and to notice what's actually occurring in this present moment. So going back um, to the very beginnings of my own healing journey, that was foundational practice, um, the one that Jenna's describing that senses check in, because it gives us really two valuable pieces of information slash opportunities to practice. So here's what I mean. Going back in time, I started to read about consciousness. I understood it as a concept. It sounded like it was really important. So here I was getting ready to implement consciousness in my life. So I just like we suggested, I set some alarms on my phone. And what I discovered at that first check-in point 
was again, my attention was nowhere near the present moment. I might've been doing something. I might've been doing the dishes. I might've even been having a conversation or reading a book. However, when I checked in with, okay, Nicole, what are you actually paying attention to? The moment that alarm went off, I noticed it wasn't that book I was reading. It wasn't that conversation I was having. It definitely wasn't the dishes I was doing. For me, and again, our attention can be anywhere in that moment. My attention, I noticed, loved to rehash things that stressed me out in the morning or worry about the next thing that was going to stress me out later in the day or tomorrow, right? My attention was lost in thought. It wasn't in the present moment. So I began by saying that's a huge piece of information. I was able to proclaim myself completely unconscious when we started this episode 99.9% of the time because every time I checked in, my attention was so far from that present moment. So now I had information. Wow, Nicole, you're not actually giving yourself any opportunity to make new choices because your autopilot is the person, the thing, the entity, the program that's deciding for you through your day. Important information leading me to step two, learning how to redirect my attention, just like Jenna described, whether it's the senses, what I'm feeling, touching, tasting, or I can use the hook of my breath. We're always breathing. So if you are in a moment where it's hard to access your sensory experience of what's happening, rely on your breath. And I call it a hook because we really do want to practice refocusing that spotlight of attention from wherever else it was onto the hook of your breath, your breathing, or your senses. And each time you're doing that, know that you're retraining your brain. So this is that practice piece, step two. You're actually firing up your brain in a new way. You're firing up something that's called the prefrontal cortex, which just so happens to be where consciousness lives. Now we're beginning to practice a concept that many listeners might have heard, neuroplasticity. We're actually firing and wiring new neurons together. We're teaching that conscious part of our prefrontal cortex, for many of us for the first time in our entire lives, to wake up, to aid us then in continuing to practice and live now in that conscious space. And it's really profound, even just that practice of realizing, you know, you're reading a book or you're doing the dishes and you notice that your mind is elsewhere. Um, I put a poll up on Instagram about, you know, the topics that you guys would like to hear us discuss or the questions. And a few people wrote back about just being completely elsewhere while doing the dishes or while watching TV and realizing that they weren't actually there. And were actually there really in their presence. They weren't consciously aware of what they were actually doing. Their attention and focus was elsewhere in another thought that wasn't necessarily right in front of them. And that awareness in itself is, in, is very profound because you're first beginning to at least witness, oh, I'm in this moment and my, my thoughts are elsewhere. And this is something too that it's not like a one and done. You become mm -hmm. conscious and you know, you're just there forever. This is, it's a daily practice. I know for me, I love reading and it takes me a little bit to get into reading. And I'll notice that I'll read the same page five times while I'm doing writing a to-do list in my head or my brain is elsewhere. Or most of the time I'm rethinking a situation or conversation or even these podcast episodes of what I could have said or how I could have done it different. So I'm now going back into the past in my mind and trying to rework things 
because I'm a perfectionist, because that's what my brain is then automatically programmed to do. And it's it's cool when you begin this practice, it really becomes fascinating because you do get to watch. So while you may be thinking, you know, oh, I'm doing these dishes and I haven't been present this whole time. Well, don't get bogged down about that. Don't shame yourself or punish yourself. That's a really awesome opportunity for you to learn something about yourself. So you notice that, you know, you've been doing the dishes for 30 minutes and haven't at all been present to the water or the soap or the dishes in your hand. You've been lost in thought elsewhere. When you catch that, you can learn a lot about you, which is what we're doing in this work. A lot of us are meeting ourselves for the first time. So where were your thoughts? When that alarm clock goes off on your phone to do a check-in, what were you thinking about? Where does your brain go to in that autopilot? When you start to pay attention to that, I'd even keep a running notepad or a journal and start taking notes. You'll really start to learn about yourself and where that subconscious thought of that thought loop does go to. Yeah. And I think this really brings us into the most common question uh, that I think both of us get asked when we talk about consciousness as a concept, when we talk about consciousness as a practice. A question that typically follows is how do I know the limit of becoming too conscious is usually the language that we'll hear in the question. And what I'm kind of referencing is this idea of hyper thinking about thinking, over analyzing, right? So like Jenna said, the gift of becoming conscious is learning how to be witness. So like we were sharing earlier, you don't have to go back in time and know the thing that happened because you can watch the habits and patterns that were created out of that thing now. Learning how to be the observer is what is important, not shifting us back into thinking about thought, about analyzing, about thinking about thought, and off the spiral goes, right? That's still in our thinking mind. So while this is a great opportunity to learn in a very objective way, there's such value in what you were offering. We tend to criticize once we become conscious. So learning how to just view the, whether it's the thoughts that we continue to think, those narratives that we tend to kind of perseverate on in our mind or repeat, whether it's the emotions we tend to feel, whatever it is that you're witnessing, learning just how to objectively witness it. Because that's different than analyzing it. Right? That's still a thought. That's still an action in my thinking mind. So I'm going to use a very overused analogy, though I think it works here. Learning how to be the cloud or learning how to be the sky in which the clouds right, travel. Learning how to be the ocean in which the waves, right? So learning how to be the observer behind, not again, just locked in another type of thought. That's often used in meditation practices too, where, you know, if your eyes are closed and you're thinking or maybe new to meditating, it doesn't mean that your brain just shuts off. It's not like you close your eyes and you go to this peaceful bliss land where it's just silence and wonderful. Um, if you are someone who meditates, I think you, your testament to yourself then you're your own proof that it's really noisy. It's, it mm -hmm. takes a, a long time to really settle into that silence and to be still. I know for a lot of people, 30 minutes into a meditation is usually when a, a true meditation begins and you actually can get into stillness. And I mentioned meditating here because like Nicole's saying about the clouds in the sky or, you know, ocean waves rolling. If you do close your eyes, 
chances are your brain, your mind, this monkey mind, we'll call it, continues to chatter. It doesn't stop going. And if you can begin to practice, as Nicole's saying, being an objective observer, you can close your eyes and see all of those thoughts, see all of the conversations happening in your head, just as clouds that are floating by, allowing them to happen, not getting attached to them, not analyzing them, not assigning meaning, but quite literally just watching them and allowing them to float by. Another thought's going to come in, allowing that to float by too. That that in itself is developing a practice of consciousness. That's the beginning of that sort of meditative practice of beginning to be an observer. It doesn't mean that everything stops and everything goes silent and you're just peaceful and blissful and conscious. It means that you're simply sitting back watching it all happen, watching your brain work, watching the thoughts happen, and just letting them float by. And to be clear, to clarify, when we say allow the thoughts to float by, the action, the practice is removing that focus of attention. Again, back to the breath. If you are in a sitting meditation, feel your body upon the earth, however it is that it's sitting or laying. Right? That's how we release the thought is we remove our attention and know that every time we're doing it, I use the, again, analogy like we're lifting weights, where again, we're rebuilding that muscle. It's getting stronger and stronger. It's getting easier and easier to refocus that attention, find the hook, right? Whether it's your senses, some of us will find the thing, the hook that's a little bit easier to grasp onto at first. It might not be our breath. It might not be our senses. It might be, right, a thing that we can actually hold onto and feel. That might be what we rely on first. And sharing from my own journey, especially for those of you who maybe even cringed or wanted to hit stop, the second we mentioned sitting meditation, you don't have to begin a consciousness practice in a meditation at all. Um, I am that human who the second I closed my eyes was completely overwhelmed with my thoughts. It was the scariest place to be. My body was incredibly uncomfortable and off I went off of that cushion not to return. So to be clear, we don't have to practice consciousness in sitting meditation. The reason why it's suggested for some of us Closing our eyes to the external world, maybe even popping in a guided meditation, so shutting our ears to the sound of everything else, that might give us the focal point, the practice point of, quote unquote, only, right, having our thoughts to contend with. However, there's a lot of us out there that our thoughts feel overwhelming, that even slowing down our bodies feels unsafe. So if you are that person, as I was in the beginning of my own awakening conscious journey, use those moments throughout your day. Use the thing that feels safest. Go into nature if that's the place where your consciousness feels most alive naturally and allow that to be your beginning point because we don't, definitely don't want to overwhelm ourselves. The reason why most of us stopped being conscious at some time, some place, usually in our past history, is because of how overwhelming that experience or our whole entire life was. So there's something that implicitly in ourselves feels threatening about this new practice, about stopping. It feels unsafe to become aware of all of the patterns and the habits and the feelings that many of us have been distanced or dissociated from for a very long time. So to be clear, we want to gently ease our way into this foundational practice. And those of you out there who have tried sitting meditation and have been very overwhelmed as I once was, that doesn't have to be your practice or your foundational entry point. It can be all of these other moments that we're talking about throughout the day that feel more approachable. Yeah. Consciousness really can be built into absolutely everything. And recently, mm -hmm. 
Uh, we released, I think, a month or two ago, maybe last month, in the self-healer circle, we did, it was conscious movement and play. And it was turning quite literally, you know, walking your dog in the morning, going to get your mail from the mailbox, um, swimming, playing with your children, riding a bike, intentional intentional movement or intentional errands even. For a lot of people, it was a practice of doing the dishes or it was climbing the stairs or bringing the groceries from the car and doing so consciously, which quite literally means just being aware that you're doing it, being in that moment. And as Nicole's saying, directing your focus onto what you're doing in that moment, what you're doing with your body and how you're feeling, not being lost in a thought that is elsewhere. And this leads us to, as we're getting ready to end, why consciousness is the topic of this episode, the foundation of healing, because it allows us that choice, right? So many of us are locked in the autopilot, reliving habits and patterns that definitely served us at one time, but that don't reflect maybe our current body, our current relationships, the current world around us. And we can't update, we can't make new choices if we're not present to what is here now and that begins we gift ourselves with the space or the opportunity to make new choices when we become conscious and new choices lead us into that change that we're all looking for and new choices that you're choosing and i know that could sound kind of redundant but think how many times throughout our lives we make choices all day long from sun up to sundown and really until you do become conscious until you realize that you are responsible for the creation of the world and the existence around you as an adult we are responsible. We are responsible for the choices that we make. And we so easily make them all day long, not necessarily consciously, not ne not necessarily serving ourselves or our highest selves. So when we're talking about choosing here, we're very much talking about conscious choice, which is a lot different from the choosing that you've been doing your whole life. And for some of us, that is the healing in and of itself, that journey, empowering yourself to be the person at the controls, the person who is showing up each and every day, even if the choices objectively look the same for some of us, the fact that you're in the driver's seat, you're in an empowered space, as opposed to, again, the space that many of us live from, that disempowered, that powerless, we adapt it into things that maybe served us to some extent. As an adult standing in that, in that driver's seat, being that empowered, living in that empowered space is really what the journey of healing entails. Because here's the other aspect. Yes, of course, this episode's about how do I start a journey? And then, of course, the question happens is the question that follows is what comes next? And this is where it looks very individual for each of us. However, when you have this foundation of consciousness, when you gift yourself with that opportunity of showing up in your body, in your emotions, in your world each and every day, you can now live much more in alignment with your needs into the future. And it comes first with that awareness of realizing that you were out of alignment. So and as Nicole mentioned that disempowered place to remember not to judge that for everyone living on autopilot or who is disempowered or isn't necessarily consciously choosing their lives. That's also not a bad thing. And it is those choices that we build upon to create true transformation. Those choices are, again, built on the foundation of consciousness. So back to how we began this episode. How do we begin a healing journey? We work to become conscious, present in our life so that we can create 
the space for choices that are in alignment with who we are. Looking forward to continuing this journey with each of you listening and watching here on the Self Healer Soundboard. Thank <sighs> you.